Welcome to the SEM Insider Insights podcast series presented by Bing Ads. These are conversations with PPC experts and influencers who are sharing their tips and advice so you can become a PPC pro. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Insider Insights from Bing Ads. I'm your host, Francis Donegan-Ryan, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to our guest today. Uh, his name is Joe Kirschbaum. He is the VP of Client Services at 3Q Digital and a longtime friend of Bing. So welcome, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me, Francis. I'm happy to be here. Excited. Excited to be on the podcast. Um, well, we're very excited to have you. And we thought today, uh, Joe and I were just jo- were joking about this earlier. We found an article uh, that Joe had written many years ago um, that we just thought was uh, super fun. And um, and so the plan now is to is to take her into the modern era and add to that, um, which I think is kind of fun to also show how quickly our industry changes in just a few short years. That's absolutely true. But it is funny in that article, even though it's a few years old, like some of the tactics are, I think the tactics are different, but I think the truths remain the same. They absolutely do. So the article was called uh, Curing Your SEM Hangover, Tips for Turning Peak Season Performance into Year-Round Results. If you go searching for the article, it's on uh, Search Engine Watch. And um, there's a really uh, cool picture of a guy clearly suffering from an overindulgence at a party <sighs> the night before. Um, and um, and so we thought we'd talk about a few things today. One, how do you prevent the hangover? If you get the hangover, you know, what's a really good cure for it? And um, and then how, um, how do you really make sure that your SEM campaigns have a lifelong plan behind them and not just, um, you know, a two months at the holiday season or three, three weeks at, you know, Mother's Day? But how do you take, you know, the value you get, you get from those peak seasons and make it work for you year round? That's right. So, um, Joe, I want, I just want to ask you, you know, why this was an important topic to write about, you know, obviously, uh, back in the day, but clearly still an important topic to write about. Um, so, you know, why is it still front of mind for you? Well, I mean, this, this, this idea of peak seasons is, is always important. I mean, and the thing is, is I feel like we always think about peak seasons for e-com, right? Which makes total sense. It's so evident. Q4, it goes bananas, it's Christmas, it's pandemonium, it's crazy, everybody's buying everything, uh, and it's going nuts. So that makes sense, um, that that we would talk about this, because quite honestly, I mean, we have businesses that's like 25, 30 more percent of their business. So it's super yeah. important. Um, so that's why it's it's it was, uh, I wrote, I think I wrote that article 2013, it is now 2017, and I, um, it's still, it still remains true, even though there are so many shifts in the way that people buy and the way that people yeah. interact with digital, the way that people interact with the physical world is in retail. A lot of that's changed since that article was written, but it still remains the same that for yep. e-commerce, Q4 is still huge. But but as you mentioned, though, I think one of the things people need to think about is, yeah, Q4 is super, super huge, but how do you find those other peaks 
of, of activity to, to accentuate maybe what you did in Q4, as well as how do you use Q4 to help mitigate some of those valleys you're going to see. Um, so right. I think I think that's a lot of it. And, and one thing I want to touch on too, which when we talk about peak seasons, low seasons, ebbs and flows, um, I don't like to neglect my B2B friends because mm -hmm. they have the same, everybody, yes, so that's why I started like with everybody thinks e-com. I'm like, I, I think that too, but I also have a lot of, you know, B2B uh, friends out there who are software service providers, what have you. It's just theirs is in the kind of the opposite um, where their Q4 is more like a desert <laughs> and Q1 <laughs> is more like Christmas. It's like, you know, leads, like Christmas leads all the time. Right. So right. everybody, it's it's important. This the seasonal cycle is important for every business or really nobody gets out of it unscathed. So that's why it's super important to think of it in terms of your digital marketing and your overall marketing strategy. Yeah. Something else that I've been seeing in terms of uh, peak seasons is you see a lot of, you're seeing two things. One, I think you're seeing this international influence. And as the world becomes more globalized and there's kind of less boundaries and people are moving around more, you see uh, different peak seasons that you may not have known about or celebrated previously now becoming a main part within your country or your culture. So, for example, Diwali was at the end of September, early October, which is um, uh, the biggest um, holiday for Indians. And we at Bing Ads, we saw massive increase in traffic, just huge. And we've seen the same um, on Singles Day. If I have my dates right, it's 11-11. Um, and that's in China. And it's a massive, massive shopping or Saturday. It's a massive, massive shopping day. Um, and we are all we've already seen that traffic well, come through. What, what happens on Singles Day? Is like you go so, buy yourself a gift? What's yes. the, I don't even know what this is. Oh, yes. Me. Okay. So it started in China um, at a university. A bunch of singleton friends yes. um, got together and said, well, screw Valentine's. And then they also have other holidays for couples. So uh, they're like, screw that. We're going to have our own holiday. Um, and oh. so it's 11 11 because it's all ones. Right. And that's what I, that's where I was going with that. Okay. Yeah. So it's like so treat yourself day. Exactly. So it's just, oh, exactly. All right. Treat I'm yourself on board. Day. Okay. Yeah. And then I think it's so interesting when you look at Amazon, for example, they have created their own holiday, which is in, I believe it's June. It's, it's yes, yes, yeah, Amazon Prime, Prime Day. Day. I know, yeah. Prime Day is huge. And so, um, you know, and even, you know, for example, Nordstrom, which is a shopping department here in Seattle and around the U.S., which is like my kind of my second home outside of the office. And then my home home is like my third home. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, they have their like they have a half yearly sale or an anniversary sale. And those are biggest shopping periods. And they put them, you know, they clearly put them at intervals that will keep sales up and give them those peaks outside of the holiday shopping period. So sure. And that's something we think about all the time. Like we do have clients, you know, branching out into different locations and we're so used to the US, right? Like Q4, Q1, whatever, summertime. Yeah. I mean, we can go into, you know, every season, right? There's a reason people are buying stuff or different reasons people buying stuff in every season. But we do also like if we have a client that's like, yeah, we wanna we wanna branch out into APAC. We wanna we have a client that wanna branch out um into, you know, Latam, Latin America. Like we do like a cultural study. I mean, I don't know all the yeah. holidays 
days um, that, <laughs> that, that could impact it. So when we do that kind of thing, so we just don't launch and go, oh, why traffic go up? Uh, we do, right. you know, do like cultural studies uh, with, with some of our groups and uh, figure out what all the holidays are. So that's why this this topic comes up all the time because it influences. Yeah. It, that's the thing when you asked at the, the top of the podcast, like why, why still talk about it? It's like, because it's still a thing and it will always yeah. be a thing that will impact your marketing no matter what you do, whether you're digital or not. Yeah. Something that we've also seen kind of weaving back in uh, B2B because we don't want to alienate those listeners that are uh, B2B and not uh, not just e-com, but that when we go into these peak seasons where people are, like you said, like going bananas, like shopping crazy, that will spill over into other areas. You know, if they're if they're already in a buying mood, <laughs> um, there are lots of ways for them for you to be able to take advantage of that and say, okay, well, I'm buying presents for my kids, but yeah, okay, I'm also going to buy that for my business. No, yeah, um, totally. Or even with subscription services, for example, yep. um, whether it's software or or even more on the e-commerce, like the entertainment side. Ooh, and shameless plug. Hey. Um, <laughs> on Bing ads, you can use product ads for subscriptions. That's so huge. It doesn't have to be a physical product. It, mm -hmm. could, it could be your subscription product. Um, and you would just, you know, your image would be an image of that product. And as long as your landing page very clearly states, you know, duration and and payment, then uh, then that's your product listing ad. Yeah. Well. And I actually knew that we actually have some subscription-based clients. So we've actually um, dabbled in that a little bit. So Ooh. absolutely. Nice. Yes, we cannot forget, which I'm always an advocate of, not to forget our B2B friends. Um, and in in this discussion of 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 seasonal ebbs and flows, especially when it comes to Q4, because there are things to do in Q4 for our B2B friends. It's 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 not a waste of time. Yeah. And what would you say um, to like our e-commerce listeners about you know what are kind of those two to three actions they need to start taking so they don't hit that slump that that so oh they can avoid God, the, the hangover. hangover well first take some aspirin that's the first thing <laughs> drink plenty of water uh -huh. drink bread or eat bread so i don't get hungover um so uh okay three to five actions um i would say for scm if we're talking e-commerce um and you are coming out of that the the wave of q4 november december where everything is going crazy mm -hmm. and then q1 hits um you know, one of the things um, that I think a lot of people, you know, they just assume it's it's also going to be a wasteland. Right. But I think what people can do is, is you know, what they want to focus on is, is uh, starting to look at reengaging, um, I think, with people who have purchased recently, which we can talk about, mm -hmm. people who have purchased maybe a while ago, and those are two very different people, in an effort to reengage with people um, and, um, increase lifetime value. Yeah. And also my big thing with this is embrace like where you're going, like in January and February, if you kind of like in your actual acquisition campaigns, like the bottom kind of falls out and you, you just go ahead and decrease budgets. I mean, you can't, you can't buy traffic that's not there. Yeah. So it's like, well, let's go ahead and embrace that. Cause I see some people go, no, just pump your budgets and generate more sales. It's like, mm, no, no, <laughs> go ahead and embrace it. That people are going to be kind of bought out. 
um, uh, past the holidays, but but let's talk about how we re-engage with people who just purchased in case you have the type of product or company that 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 will get repeat orders. Yeah. Or um, so let's talk about that. People who just recently bought. I think people talk about this all the time, like, oh, well, you just bought in December, so I'm going to re-engage with you to get you to buy again. Um, and that's great. But I think people often forget that if somebody bought in Q4, which could be November, December, is often a gift buyer. Yeah. That's not really the receiver. It's really not your end customer. Yeah. So you can retarget them if you want. You can start a conversation with them, but it's a different conversation rather than just become a lifetime value customer. You know, like it's it's yeah. different. Yeah. Um, I think anyway. So that's something I think that, you know, uh, practitioners can think about, especially if you're e-com going, okay, I know I'm going to hit the slump, and I, but I want to continue this conversation with these people. More than likely, they didn't, pro- maybe they did, but more than likely didn't use your product. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so but, but they found it interesting enough to buy and give to somebody else. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's a complete wasteland or this isn't a valuable audience, but it's just a, a different way for people to think about this. Like, oh, you know, my cookie pixel, you know, it's good for 45 days. I'm gonna target these people. Just consider who was buying. And same thing if you're doing your email marketing, if you're doing any type of targeting to these people, um, you more or less are saying, thanks for buying. Why don't you pick up one for yourself? And here's a special deal for you. Yeah. Oh, hey, you treat yourself. Since we were talking about yeah. treat yourself, treat yourself. <laughs> the holidays are over. You probably, I mean, obviously people should write better copy than this but hey you thought our product was cool enough to give to somebody else you should give one to yourself again better copy but that's the (laughs) idea is is i think people often think oh well i'll just target them um but here's the other thing so those are the people that just bought like recently you can kind of engage with them talk to them i think that's one way to do it and you can do that um, with pixels if you've got your remarketing pixels like bing provides and you can start talking to them again um and uh i think you can also you know use your crm data Mm -hmm. if you have that and pump that into there but i think another thing that people often often forget about is in Q1, there is that group of people that are like, holy cow, that was crazy. The holidays were nuts. I deal with my family, get all the gifts. I'm going to get myself something. Yeah. Um, like in January, February, it's like, okay, I actually meant to buy these things or I wanted to buy myself these things, or there could be deals out there. Um, and those people could have a January and February um, like kind of like shopping cycle, like they could go out there and look at that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I have encouraged clients and said, hey, if you could actually go back, you, most pixels are going to expire before then. If you have a pixel that's like 365 days long, that's impressive. Most people would clear them out by then. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can look at your CRM data and say, okay, let me look at all these people. If I do collect that type of data, let's look at maybe my January and February purchasers and maybe I can target them again because, and it could have been random that they bought in January, February, but they could have their own like purchase cycle. So it's it's kind of different when we're talking about in January, February, like that kind of lull season of re-engaging with people who just bought, but also finding people um, who might help you increase li- you know, lifetime value and um, make purchases again. Yeah. I mean, I love the notion of, of being able to, you know, depending on what you're selling, if it's very clearly a gift item, being able to create those custom audiences so that you can drop them into your SEM campaigns, you know, at Mother's Day, at Dads and Grads, at, um, you know, Halloween or, you know, whenever you feel based on your products is going to be another gift giving season or another purchase for someone else um, season. Um, And now it's so easy to do that on Google and on Bing. Yep, that's where I was going next. Is is that then like yeah, that then that long view 
um, of, of and that's where I was thinking in terms of like, hey, refollowing, following up with someone maybe a year later when they bought. But then and this gets a kind of complicated. But yeah, if you are a gift type person, you can think about if if you have this type of insights and from your CRM, the type of gift somebody bought and who might that be for and what type of holiday might you want to then approach them later, like, you know, a few weeks out for a holiday when they're making another con- another consideration. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that we do, we do have clients that have pretty good reorder value. Mm. Um, you know, somebody will buy something. It could be like snack based, health based, wh- whatever the case may be. Um, beauty products, certain foods, healthcare, you know, whatever it is like some, uh, and, and people and they kind of know, well, people, if they buy the product, they'll order it three to six weeks later. Um, we just also encourage companies like if you know, like, you know, your acquisition in January, February is just going to hit the skids and people aren't going to be looking as much. Maybe put a little extra effort and you should be doing this evergreen, but put a little bit of extra effort of like, OK, when are these when are these general cycles starting to hit? Can we maybe bump them up a little bit or can we focus on them a little bit more mm-hmm. while the, the search volume is a little bit low? Not a lot of people have that type of cycles, but we, we do have clients that will um, maybe amp up their email marketing a little bit um, and engage with those folks who are likely to buy the product again. When you're looking, um, you know, with your work with clients, when when do you decide when is the right time to give a bonus, right? Whether it's a free shipping or a discount or a two-for-one or 30-day free trial, that kind of bonus um, for the shopper. Do you have clients who only use it when it's peak or only use it when it's low season? And like sort of economically, how do, how do you help them figure out the best times to do those sorts of um, promotions? Sure, sure. We were just having this discussion the other day and it and it varies per client. Like one example was we had a client that we were saying, hey, we want to drop remarketing, pr- preparing for Black Friday. Yeah. Right? We want to, you know, get all these, we want to build all these audiences of these people who who might be coming back to the store and we're going to tell them, hey, we're going to offer you a great deal. You have X number of days to buy, but but we had a really great conversation of, well, you know what? We actually want to encourage them to buy before Black Friday, Mm. because that's when, because like, you know, uh, we were talking about like, you know what, we're going to, we have everything in the store, like 20% off on Black Friday, we're going to offer an extra 20% off. So we're like, well, why don't we try to get more people to buy when we don't have as many deals, Mm. right? Because if if they're going to buy anyway, why don't we try to encourage people to buy before really serious deals get in? Because you're going to have your deal hunters no matter what. But if you can influence somebody to like, uh, I mean, I love a deal, so I'm the one that would take advantage of it. (laughs) But, um, but we, but it can go multiple ways where we do have clients that say we actually would prefer to offer the deals when it's not the peak times because they're going to come and buy anyway. So why why drown people in deals? I want you know I want to make those offers when when people are less likely to buy when I need to push them to buy mm-hmm. um, when they're just going to walk into your store and buy anyway. I don't need to push them in into the door. So so really um, there's a couple different factors. Is one time. So so if we we know there are in a way we want to influence them when we're not sure they're going to buy. And mm. two, if we know competitors are out there with great deals and right. but we still want them anyway, we'll go ahead and, and offer the deal. So there's a couple different factors, um, I think, in terms of offering a deal, in terms of the economics of the deal um, and the competitive landscape of offering a deal. So it, there's a lot to take into effect. I mean, I think most people are just like, well, it's the holidays. Of course, we're going to give them 30% off. But mm. I mean, I've had clients that it ups and flows each week that, that you know certain deals are higher, certain deals are lower. Um, and it, it really depends on the landscape of, of what's going on at the time, I think. Yeah. And I think there are other tools now within, particularly within product ads, um, both on Google and on Bing. I know like we have our, we have a countdown tool. 
So it'll tell mm -hmm. you, you know, it's 20% off for the next three days, but you could also do hours. Um, and there's also the price reduction feature where you can actually show, okay, it was $39.99 with like a cross out in it. Now it's $29.99. So you can very, like in a very visual um, and very upfront way, show the deal in an even more compelling way. Um, yeah. and they have all of that information then before they even click. So you're, you know, yeah. And it's funny that you, that that's exactly what we were talking about was the countdown ads. Mm. And we were going to count down to black Friday, but we said, why don't we count down to the day before to mm. get more people in the day before? Cause like, everybody's already going to be there on black Friday. So like, <laughs> why don't we offer a deal, um, to get people in early? And it's, it's a different deal than the black Friday deal. So, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Why count down to Black Friday when somebody's already going to be there? We don't need to count down. You know, you know to you know to get here. Yes, you know what's going on. Yes, <laughs> there's no surprise what tomorrow. You is. know what's up. But hey, for those of you who show up Wednesday, you've been here before. We're remarketing to you, and you're, you've, we've got countdown ads or just in our general acquisition ads. You're gonna you're gonna scoop up a deal on Wednesday too. I would absolutely much rather get like 20% off on the Wednesday than 30% off on the Friday or Thursday because I am not gonna yeah. go on the Friday or Thursday because. Oh, goodness, no. I goodness, did. no. I can't. And, yeah, and, <laughs> that, and that was our big thing was, is it, and because we want the sale now. Like, you know, when we were working with our client, he's just like, yeah, they'll come on, on Thursday or they'll come on Friday or they'll come on Friday over the weekend or Cyber Monday, whatever. But it's like, let's just go ahead and get, get the deal now. But, but, but so they also don't have time to shop around. It's like, let's give right. them the deal now. Yeah. Very smart. I like that. So I'm going to take us back just a tiny bit. We talked about really understanding your customers so that you would know how to do remarketing to them and when to do that. What are some of the things that you use tools or rules of thumb to really research and understand your customer or your client, your client's customer? Right. Um, well, I think in terms of re uh, the, remarketing is difficult. I mean, because there's there's two different parts to that question, which I think is one understanding your customer customer profile, mm. their buying habits, and their buying habits, you know, specifically for your product. You know, like we were just talking about recency, we were talking about um, repurchases, yeah. like really understanding, um, you know, how how people do that, even before you even start thinking about your remarketing strategy. Um, just getting a general overall sense of of who your customers are. And um, I think there's, you know, there's a few different ways, you know, tools that people can use. I mean, heck, you can even just use your your analytics platforms mm -hmm. uh, to, to get an idea. You know, they, they you know, uh, the engines, um, you know, for SEM, they do provide um, demographic data. I mean, there, there are tools that are more robust, but if you're just looking for a baseline, right. there are ways to get demographic data uh, that isn't really going to, you know, cost you an arm and a leg. You can you can use Google, you can use Bing, you can use Google Analytics. There's a few things you can use to piece together like who you think your audience is. And then of course you've got your CRM backend data right. um, to really understand um, if you can get customer information from there and your your purchasing habits, which I think is kind of step one, which is who are these people and how do they how do they purchase from me? What you know, and what's what's the intervals? That then should influence your um so those are the tools and that's the process. I think then in terms of remarketing and trying to talk to these people, that's then when you say, okay, um, if I'm dropping pixels on these people, what's the pixel duration? What's the the the, the decay in terms of their um, attention? Right. And what's my messaging sequencing um, for these people? Like, do these people buy and then I need to go dark for a month because the chances of them buying are slim to none? Yeah. Um, 
that's 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 different. So the tools you can use there are obviously your pixels and understanding like when you have pixels uh, turn on and off, which you can just pick get your pixels from your from your engines, which is Google and Bing and anybody else you might be using your any display partners that you might have. But then really understanding um, what those pixels need to do, as well as then mixing in your CRM backend data, which is your first party data like emails and stuff that you can upload into Google and Bing yep. uh, to create audiences based on that. So I think it's this two step process. Of which I think people often skip the first one. There's like, oh, let's pixel everybody and start remarketing to them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Go bananas because we can and target them on Facebook and target them on, you know, everywhere we can. Let's get them in native. Let's get them everywhere. Um, but I mean, this, this, you know, spray and pray tactic just doesn't really work. You need, you need to, if anybody's listening to this and you haven't done this yet, you need to take a step back. Think about who you're talking to, how they want to be spoken to, and yeah. what are their purchase process. Yeah, and and then the way they interact with you. With then the tools you can use are are there via the, the via the engines. Yeah, I well I, I love the point about the it's the way that you speak to them and what you show them because that's I mean that's the area that I work in a lot is that ad copy is that messaging is the way the website works you know when you get there and what it looks like and sounds like and. Um, and I think, and I, I have absolutely said this on this podcast series before, but there are times I feel like it, uh, us SEMers, us PPC pros, sometimes we forget that we're talking to other humans and they're not just a click, but they are in fact a click attached to a finger, attached to a human who has a brain and a heart. And exactly. we, we need to look at them, you know, in that way and not just um, as our numbers. And there's a couple other things, a couple other tools, you know, obviously on, on Bing and Google, we both show and give you a lot of targeting features with demographics. Mm -hmm. um, so yep. if you have your buyer persona, you know, you can start layering those in and um, you can even do ad scheduling and you can do automation and you can do bid modifiers. And so you can really target in on those, the demographic and location information mm -hmm. that you have. And then um, for anyone who's still wondering you know, how the audience is different on Bing than Google because they're very different. If you go to the Bing Ads uh, webpage and you go to uh, solutions and then audience, it shows you all of our audience data based on verticals and even some sub verticals. So, oh, see, there you um, go. Free tools. Yes, free, free tools, tools, free people, data. That's what I, yeah, that's the whole point. You don't like, I think people sometimes when you, when you say, hey, let's talk about audience, let's build audiences, let's build profiles, let's build personas, people think that it's this big thing that's going to cost a lot of money. But nowadays, there's so many tools just like Bing provides and, and yeah. all the other places you can kind of then look at it a few different places and piece your own together just just like you said yeah. i mean it doesn't have to be this big thing that you draw i mean I, I feel like back in the day years ago like you'd have to hire a branding agency and drop 50 grand on it yes you can i'm not saying you can't to my my branding friends um <laughs> uh, i'm not saying you can't do that and they're very thorough and great but also if you just need to get a baseline there are tools out there to help yeah you. exactly and some um another guest of ours once mentioned that if you have a call center or you have a place where, you know, buyers are calling in to get support or get help. And this is this is particularly awesome for B2B because you would tend to have more of that people calling it, you know, for Bing, for example, people calling in and saying, I need help setting this up or um, I don't see where I do this or things like that. Um, so actually what we do is I think it's every month now we get a list from our um, support team with the top 10 questions or sort of comments that we get. And then we take that and we actually use that in our 
support articles. Right. Um, and in our, in perhaps in a blog post and even at times we've used them in our own paid marketing campaigns um, because now we know what customers or potential customers are actually asking and what they want more info on. And so what, what weren't they getting uh, that they needed to pick up a phone and call us? And then let's make sure we take that and, and push it front and center. So there's lots of ways, like you said, to do that based on data you probably already have or is free and easy to get from Bing um, or Google. Yeah, just got to look at it in a different way. Yeah. Just got to go in looking to build an audience. Now it's probably just not going to show itself to you. You got to dig a little bit, but it's there. Yeah. So I want to, we've talked about a lot of amazing things. So I want to, um, I'm going to say the three things, my takeaways, and then Joe, I'm going to ask you uh, to see if I've forgotten anything or missed out on something you really want people to know about. So I loved one of the very first things you said was how we how we interact with um, our customers and how we run PPC campaigns has changed, you know, from when you wrote this <laughs> article originally. But honestly, it changes, I feel like, at least every six months. There's something new. Um, but that these truths have not changed. And these truths have probably been there since, you know, trading posts uh, <laughs> all the way through still to today. Um, and so to to not forget that it's really that core of here's how you interact with the customer, here's what they're looking for, and don't forget about them just because it might not be, you know, an underlined bright peak season. Um, you can create your own peak seasons um, and you can nurture during maybe off season so that you're back in, when you're back into peak season, it's not, um, you're not hunting for new customers, you already have those nurtured people. Um, I think one of the other things I really liked was, and in my mind, this is a little bit of like a don't get lazy. Like if you're going to be doing remarketing, which, you know, is awesome. And we there's just so much data out there that remarketing is such a valuable tactic to use. But make sure you know your customer or your group of customers that you're remarketing to. It's not, you know, a one shot Here's remarketing. Um, like you mentioned, Joe, you know, have they already bought this product? Do you think it was a gift or do you think it was for them? I mean, all of those things come into play to decide how you would even remarket to them in terms of what messaging you would use and what products you might point them to. Because it could be an upsell, it could be a cross-sale, it could be another thing to add on to the product. And then I also loved your, your notes on deals. And using deals really strategically. And it doesn't have to be, oh, well, you know, it's Black Friday or it's Singles Day or it's Diwali or it's Valentine's Day. Um, everyone gets 30% off. You know, use those deals leading up to those times, like you said. So you just get that sale and it's done and um, you can uh, you can get a competitive advantage there by doing that. I think you got it all. I think those I think that I think I think you summarized it well. <laughs> I think that was the main thing. I was worried you were going to say the first three things you said were the most important and the rest of it was just downhill. <laughs> really, the last 20 minutes was just you yeah. rambling. So my suggestion you know. is listen to the first seven minutes, then just the, stop. The first just seven stop. minutes are golden. The rest <laughs> of it is kind of okay if you've got time. Um, Joe, you're such a blast. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you so much for, Thanks for having me. sharing your wisdom with us. We really uh, appreciate it. And um, I know people are going to take a lot away from this podcast. And, I hope so. And um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we hope uh, you join us next time. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Insider Insights podcast series from Bing Ads. 
You can catch up on all the other episodes on the Bing Ads channel on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Share your feedback with us on any social channel using hashtag Bing Ads. And until next time, thanks for listening.